Welcome to Scars to Stars, where conversations and personal stories let us know we are not alone. In this show, you will meet authors and speakers from our books and events as they share vulnerable personal stories to spread hope and inspire you through adversities in your own life. The world is a difficult place. You will find like-minded people here with kind hearts and supportive souls. I am your host, Dina Brown Mitchell. I am a suicide survivor and the founder of the Realize Foundation. I am so glad you are here. Let's dig into this meaningful conversation. I'm here today with Tammy Ashley, and she's going to talk to us about your kids and bullying and how we can support them. And she's going to tell you a whole lot more information than I could offer. So, Tammy, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you how you got into being a coach for kids and bullying? Well, um, in high school, I was bullied quite severely, and um, it got so bad that I contemplated suicide. I didn't want to be here anymore. And uh, having a mom who I knew loved me, and but she didn't know what to say and didn't know how to react and said things like, you know, it's all in your head. It's not as bad as you think it is, those kinds of things. And so I didn't feel supported or believed. And then many years later, um, I've had, we've, we have four kids and our youngest um, came home from school uh, when she was seven. And she said, mom, I can't take it anymore. And she, you know, flopped on the couch and started crying. And through our conversation, I learned that she was being bullied and talk about a parent feeling guilt, you know, having been through it myself, I felt so guilty that I didn't recognize the signs. And so from our trial and error of getting her through that, you know, having conversations and uh, working with the school and learning what worked and what didn't work, um, Several people told me, you know, you should write a book about it. And so I've thought about that off and on. And I thought, you know, I could probably do more help and more good by helping other families not have to go through what we did. And so um, I became I became a coach through experience. And I'm a parent empowerment coach, uh, your advocate for uh, bully proofing your child. And so that's that's what I'm doing now, and I'm I'm loving what I'm doing. Really trying to get the word out, and it's it's really been good. That's awesome. I was so glad to meet you and understand what you do because we've had I've had so many people reach out to me when they know about our foundation and and what we're doing for suicide prevention, and they're like, we really want you to talk about teens and can you come talk at the school and can you and I'm like I'm not the right person for that so I was so excited to be able to have this event with you and Daryl and Terry because all of you do talk to parents about their children and how to navigate this stuff because it's just not in my wheelhouse so I know you you said um, that you help children 
feel heard and believed and supported and validate their experiences. So I would love for you to talk more about that and how how you can help parents do that. Well, when when I was going through through bullying when I was a teen, um, you know, everyone's heard this phrase, you know, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. You know, I heard that a lot from my mother and my grandmother and and from other people. And, you know, that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, you know, words do hurt and they hurt badly. You know, I things like that stick with you in, in your mind and it, it really messes with your mind and you start to believe the things that you're hearing. And that's, that's not good for kids to not believe in themselves. And so as parents, as we learn that they're being bullied or, they're, or that they're, they're not confident and they, they don't want to be here anymore, we need to be supportive. And um, we need to tell them that, that we do believe them for the, that is so important. I didn't feel believed. I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel loved and supported. And so as parents, we need to tell them, you know, that I believe you. Um, I support you. I'll do everything I can to help you. And, you know, I fully believe in hugs and prayers because I know prayers as a Christian, having prayers with your family and my kids grew up having prayers with the family. Uh, we really it really helped them to see that, you know, God loves them and that their parents love them. And that is so important as a child, as an adult as well, to know that you're, you're, you're heard and you're understood and you're validated for your feelings because you can't tell someone what they can believe or what they believe about themselves. And, so I know it's important to let them know that that you do love them and that you support them. I know that conversations um, are huge. Uh, I know a lot of kids don't have conversations with their parents. Kids won't don't want to talk. But when they do, as parents, we need to listen. It's one of the hardest things in the world to close our mouths as a parent and not want to interrupt or to fix things and to help them uh, talk about it, you know, and if we continually interrupt and try to fix things, we don't know really how our child is feeling and what they're going through. Um, creating opportunities for our kids to talk to you it, with not serious or deep subjects, you know, creating those opportunities. My husband will uh, do the dishes with our son or, or our daughter and just talk to them. And, you know, what's your favorite movie? What movie's coming out? What's your favorite ice cream? Well, let's go get some after this. If they know that you're willing to talk to them and you're not judgmental and you're there to just talk to them and that you're their, their friend as well as their parent, they're more apt to come to you and talk to you when there's something worse or severe going on. So I know that it's really important to have those conversations with your kids. That is, that is true. I think it's hard. I mean, I, I think I told you before we got on here that I didn't talk to my parents a lot about things that were going on and they, they probably didn't know anything was wrong because I didn't, I didn't want to talk about it to anybody. And I especially didn't want to talk about 
about it to my parents. And, and I don't know why I felt that way. I really don't because my fa- my family was very supportive and very, um, you know, would tell me I could do anything I wanted. And, you know, they were very supportive in everything I did. But for some reason, I've had a hard time talking about my feelings or things like that to to people in my life in general. And I'm, you know, I'm in my fifties. So it's, it's not something that it's just something about me and my brain and how it, how that works, but it's hard to get kids to talk about the hard stuff. If you don't already have those normal conversations, like you're saying, and we have a, we didn't, I did an interview with Johnny Crowder who, started Cope Notes and he it's on our podcast now and on our YouTube channel. But during our conversation, he was talking about when he was a kid and he had a lot of mental health issues and multiple suicide attempts. And he, I was like, well, Johnny, what made you talk to your mom? And he's like, I didn't ever want to talk to my mom about it. But he said, if she would sit down and ask me about music, cause he, he's in a band and um, you know, he has, had music has been a a big part of his life. And he said to me, he's like, I postponed my death once because I wanted to go to a concert. Hmm. And we talked about the fact that if you can have a conversation with your kids, that's about something they're looking forward to or something that they're excited about. And it starts there, but then like you said, then they'll be more comfortable to come back and tell you when something's wrong. And so I thought that was a really good um, perspective that he shared um, because I, I have stepkids, but they were, you know, teenagers almost when I met them. So mm-hmm. I didn't get to have that same experience with a child growing up. But yeah, I think it's it's important and conversations is part of our mission. So, yeah, having having those conversations with your child that um, is things that they're interested in. My son loves um, D&D and uh, video games. And ah, I thought that's not my forte, but my husband does. And so when that that's another connection that that they have that they can talk about and uh I love to pass by their bedroom and to see them talking uh, because it just makes me feel good that we do have that in our home, you know, and, you know, my daughter comes to me more and my son goes to my husband, which is, is normal. But, um, you know, when you do have those harder conversations, um, when you ask questions, when, when you know something is going on, um, kids responses are fine good i'm okay so you know everyone here's ask open-ended questions you know that's that's very important so that they you know as i've noticed with my daughter when i talk she loves to draw and so we'll we'll look up drawing things on on the internet for classes and we'll do them together or she'll she'll do a drawing and then we'll talk about the drawing and then it can easily go into a more difficult conversation once they know you're open, you're not judging them and you're not trying to fix things and you're just there for them. They're more eager and more apt to open up to you. And that's 
that's one of the most important things is to know that your child is okay. And that's the only way to know that is if you talk to them. Mm -hmm. That's true. So if you had, if you had a parent come to you and they had a child that they think is being bullied at school, but they won't talk to them about it. Like how, how would you help them? How would, what would you say? Well, the first thing is to know or to find out if your child is okay. Because that, as a parent, that's you want your child safe. You don't want them hurt physically or mentally or in, in any way. But the, the first thing is to find out if they're being physically hurt. Um, so knowing what's going on with your child and knowing what bullying is, what the signs and symptoms are, so you can recognize that in your child. And if you if you find out they are being bullied and and they don't want to talk to you about it, to be aware of what they're doing or not doing anymore or the things that they say, I don't want to go to school anymore. They're all of a sudden having, uh, you know, I'm sick today. I don't want to go to school. And they hadn't been doing that before. So ju just being aware of what can happen when kids are being bullied and to notice that being aware is a huge part of it. Um, I think um, going to their, after talking to your child and they won't say anything, sometimes I, I will suggest to go talk to their teacher um, to see if they've noticed anything, if they've heard anything and, and kind of take it from there. And then always, always tell your child, um, that you're talking to their teacher. Um, I think that's really important because if they feel like you've gone behind their back or you're lying to them or something, that'll break all communication and all trust with your child. So I think having them know what you're doing and asking them, what do you want me to do about this? I know something is going on. I want to go to your teacher um, or to the principal. Uh, we need to you know, so if you talk to me about it and then we'll decide the course of action of what you want to do and what I feel is appropriate as a parent, because sometimes we need to do things that our children don't like to keep them safe. Yeah, absolutely. Have you had experience um, with your own child, with the teachers and how, how did they help or not help? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it it was it's different with some clients that I've had, and it's different with with my daughter. Thank heavens, we had a teacher that was um, aware of what was going on, had seen some of it, and sometimes, at first, she told me that she my daughter would be the one to get in trouble because the bullies always deny and push put it back on the child who's being bullied. But she was really aware. And once I came to her and told her my experience with my talks with my daughter, she kept her eye out more and she was able to stop a situation um, before it happened. And with some clients I've had, they the teachers, I haven't seen anything. Your child's the one that's the bully because they believe the bully. And that makes me want to go to the principal and take it above. And, you know, there are times when you have to do that. You have to go above the teacher and go to the principal. And 
One thing I really advocate for is every single time there is an incident of bullying, you go to the principal and the teacher and you have an incident report and you have them sign it and you sign it and you get a copy of it. So you have a record of what's going on. And those I've seen that don't want to go through all the paperwork and the interviewing the kids and the parents. Um, if you do that enough, ho hopefully it won't, but if you have to report it so many times, they'll finally do something about it. That is a huge win for a lot of parents is when the school will finally say, okay, I'm going to do something just so I won't have to fill out another incident report. And it, as almost silly as that sounds, they don't want that extra work. Sometimes you have to stay after school and take care of this with the parents and the children. And it's just, it's really sad that they don't want to, they don't care enough about the children. It seems some of them that to spend a few extra minutes to help a child who is in need of help. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. I'm wondering if, um, I was going to ask you about the connection between bullying and suicidal ideation. And I should have done more research about that, but maybe I'll do it and, and post something with this video or talk about it at the event. But, um, you know, there's, there's a connection there. I know, I just don't know what the stats are around it. And I'm wondering if you have, because of your own experience, like how did how did that happen for you to get to a place where you would contemplate suicide? Well, like you, I don't have the stats, but I know with with me when I was a teen, um, I started to believe what people were telling me in the hallways at school. People would the the kids would say, "You should just go home and kill yourself." Um, you're fat and you're ugly. And, you know, why are do you, why do you even come to school? We don't want to look at you. You're, you know, just horrible things. And after a while, they, it's embedded in your head over and over day after day after day. And you start to believe it and you believe, well, no one loves me. No one wants me. No one cares. So why not? Just end it so I feel better. And that's, the, you know, the day I, the final day where I came home from school, I'd had enough. Just like my daughter when she was seven, I was 16. And she said, Mom, I just can't take it anymore. I went in my room and I cried and I was talking to God. I was like, I'd be better off with you. And I cried until the tears wouldn't come anymore. And when I finally stopped crying, I heard what I thought was someone in the room saying, you are enough just the way you are. And I love you. And I felt this power, this feeling, this spirit is what I call it, enter me. And I knew that if no one else loved me, he does. And that was a change for me from that day forward. Yes, I still hurt. Yes, I was still depressed and felt worthless. 
but just a little bit more of I'm okay, I'm okay. And I never thought of it again. So that having God in my life has been a huge change in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in your case, it was almost like these kids put that thought in your head. And in other cases, maybe it's it comes from within or comes from social media or comes from different places because the teen suicide rates have been growing. And I'm just trying to understand how a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old even has this idea that they want to take their life. It's, it's, when I was that age, I didn't even have a clue what that even meant. Yeah. You know? I agree. I think, I think a lot of it, even if no one tells you, you know, you should kill yourself, hearing that you're worthless, that nobody likes you, that you're ugly, that you, they don't want to be your friend, that you should just go away. You know, a lot of times you'll start to think those thoughts. Well, they don't want me here. I don't want to be here either. Mm -hmm. And then they hear things on, like you said, on social media and on the news and all the, you know, the, the shootings and the, the suicides. And you start to think, why should I stay? And we need to get the message out that you are worthy. You are enough and you are beautiful and wonderful just the way you are. And so that's why the sign behind me, I think it's frontward. You can see it, you know, kindness begins with me. And if everyone thought of kindness first, what a different world this would be. What a hugely different world this would be. That is true. I talk about kindness a lot too. It's because we never know what the person next to us is going through, whether they're a stranger or our spouse. That's true. It's, you know, we, we all have stuff that's in our head that we don't share with people. And sometimes, um, sometimes sharing it helps a lot, but sometimes we're just too scared. Absolutely. I think that's part of um, kids not wanting to talk to their parents is they're afraid. They they don't think that they'll be believed. They're embarrassed. They think their parents will think less of them. And sometimes that's true and sometimes it's not. And we need to get our kids to the point where they trust us enough to know that we are a safe place to fall. We are a safe place to talk. Yes. I have a quote that I love to tell people. Um, It's by Harold B. Lee, and it says, the most important work you will ever do will be within the walls of your own home. And and one more quote by C.S. Lewis, children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. Those are my favorite quotes. Thank you for sharing that. I want to ask you to talk a little bit about confidence because I think it's a theme in this event and I think it's a, um, something that helps with what we're talking about. And it, it, my question, my biggest question is, is how do we, how do we instill confidence in our child when they're going through something like that? 
and where where do we start? And if you want to talk about that a little bit. I've got a couple of ideas for parents. Um, uh, I know I, I wished I would have had this as a child um, or as a teenager. Um, martial arts in any way, shape or form is a huge confidence builder for kids because they feel stronger and they feel, you know, getting, having self-care and um, really caring about themselves is almost a foreign concept to a lot of children who have no confidence. And so as a parent, if you, if you believe that, that any type of martial arts of any kind would help your child, the confidence that they, that it gives them is, is enormous. And I know there, a lot of times, like we said before, they're told you're worthless, you're no good, you're not enough. Um, If kids have a, a hobby or something that they've, loved doing and then all of a sudden stopped because of the bullying or if you know that your child loves to draw but has never really um, developed that um, encourage them find ways to help them uh, get really good at something playing an instrument singing you know um, drawing um, bike riding uh, running you know there's so many different things that you can encourage your child to do and As they get better and better with something that's just for them, their confidence grows. I've seen that in my daughter. Um, She's always loved to draw. And as, you know, she's 14 now, but at the age of seven, when I found out she was being bullied, we really started getting into drawing more. And now she's into digital drawing and she loves it. And to see her talk about it and her face lights up, it's, it's amazing to see the transformation in even my own daughter. Um, so encouraging them to find something they love and as they develop that talent, because that's exactly what hobbies are. Hobbies turn into talents and they, you know, it can also lead to a lifelong, you know, opportunity as a, as an occupation. Um, my daughter wants to become a, a designer of clothing and she's been drawing clothes on her computer for for years now. And so to see your child develop with confidence with being in with physical things, martial arts and, and exercise and taking care of themselves um, can lead to a future that they didn't think that they could have because a lot of kids don't see their future. And if you get them involved with things that they can actually see, yeah, when I graduate, I can do this. And to hear your child say something like that from what they used to say is, I don't want to be here anymore. I can't take it anymore. I, I don't want to go to school to, I can do this. I want to go to college for this. They're seeing their future. And that is exhilarating for a parent. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great story. I, it also makes me think that maybe they they would meet different friends at school through whatever this um, hobby is or what they enjoy. Maybe it could connect them to a different circle of people that would be more supportive. Absolutely. My, my son, he's 19 now. He got into the Lego club in high school and, you know, 
he used to, he's always loved Legos at home. But when we found the Lego club, he found what he called the geek squad, you know, the kids who, you know, the computer wizards and the, you know, the gamers and the Lego enthusiasts. And um, that brought him out of his shell too. And that was, it's, it's amazing. The clubs at schools can be transforming in their lives. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Tammy, I'm going to ask you if you have any final words for our listeners um, and then tell people where they can find you. Absolutely. I think the most important thing as a parent is to know that your child is safe and to let them know that, that, that they are loved. And so talking to your child to know that they're safe is the most important thing for a parent. And, um, I am on Facebook, uh, Tammy.Z.Ashley, and I'd love to connect. And I have a Facebook group. We'll tell you about that in the, on the landing page. And um, so I'd love to connect. Yeah, awesome. Yes, everybody, we are going to have a landing page we're going to share in the, in the event that's going to be um, more links from each of the speakers and, and more um information and resources and then we're going to have a Q&A real quick and see if anybody has any questions for Tammy so thank you all for being here and we'll see you in a minute I'm so happy you joined us for this conversation my wish is that you found comfort and hope in your own unique situation if you resonated with our message please head over to the realizedfoundation.org where you can apply to write your own story in one of our books. You can also download our 60 Ideas for Self-Care on the resources page. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, you are not alone, you are worthy, and you are enough.